Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by Ladbrokes. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is Bretta. G'day, Corey. Good to be back for another quickfire podcast. Uh, we will keep it quick and sharp as we have gone on a bit in the last few podcasts. The third member of the team is also here. Welcome, Bonfire. Choo-choo! That's right, brother. The Bombs Express is back. And uh, today, for the listeners, we are reviewing Port Adelaide and the reigning premiers, the Richmond Football Club. So, Corey, let the listeners know where they can hit us up on social media before Follow we start. On Twitter, at SC Elite. Also on iTunes, um, SoundCloud, and Facebook, at Supercoach Elite. Brett, you say that every podcast, and it's just the biggest lie ever. I'm trying to get us in the mood for a bit, but it just never happened. <laughs> All right, boys. Bobs, you just dropped it. We're starting with Port Adelaide, and we'll start with our cash cow, and we'll go across to you, Bonds, first at the embarrassment that Brett's never ready. Um, who is your cash cow? Uh, mate, I'm ready, bro. I'm ready. <laughs> well, Brett's, Brett's ready. We'll hit him up first. Brett, hit us, hit us with it. Uh, Don Barry. Yeah, who have you got, Bob? You watch him copy me now, the dog. He always copies me. I'm sick of it. Uh, yeah, give us a rundown on Tommy Barry. Brett, um, first year player, well, hasn't played a game in his career yet, but he's training with the main group. Um, he's training in the midfield. I think he was lined up in the wing in their recent hit out, played pretty well. Um, he's just the obvious one at the moment for them. They don't have a lot of depth and they do have a really deep, deep midfield. I think there's a few really quality midfielders who are struggling to break in, but from all reports, he's going to play early. Um, it's just a matter of not, if he gets named, you pick him. That's as simple as it is with Don Barry. It's just a matter of whether or not he can find a spot in round one. Bumps. Yeah, so for me, it's also uh, Don Barry, but I'll correct Bretta. Yeah, he has played uh, five career games before, though, Bretta. Back in 2014, he played uh, wow. five career games, uh, <laughs> which, you know what, not even, don't even bother go looking at those stats because he averaged seven and a half touches a game in, in those stats, which is um, absolutely pathetic, isn't it? Uh, but anyway, look, he had a big year in the Sandful last year, and that's kind of where he's uh, come back onto the radar of AFL teams. Um, and averaged 89 Supercoach points a game, um, which included a high uh, score of 152 um, as well, like uh, within all of that too. So, um, yeah, look, Don Barry, 102K, all the talk is that he will line up uh, sort of come round one. So, yeah, all aboard. Uh, I thought he only just got to Port now, like just recently, no, like this he year. Was, uh, he did. So he was played for Melbourne, I think. Yeah, yeah Melbourne. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yep. Um, yep. A couple of years ago, couldn't find his feet and got back out there. Uh, I'm mine. Look, mine was Don Barry too, but at the saving of, you know, going the same. We'll talk about someone else, but I do want to touch on Don Barry. He has what Port Adelaide are lacking. I reckon um, they've got in a lot of ball winners, um, but Don Barry's outside run will be really, really handy. Did dominate in the sample last year too, so um, that's a huge plus. Like sample, yeah, sample, yeah. Yeah, same yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so played really, really well. My one's Trengrove, boys. Now, this is really left the field, but Port are loving the way he's training at the moment. Injury concerns are always going to be around him. Uh, 162K. He's Every time he's played over 20 games, I don't know, that hasn't been for a very, very long time, he's averaged 70 plus. So I can't fault that. I think he'll get a gig. And he may not be set in that team in round one, but I think Trengrove will have a sh- an opportunity throughout the year, and I think he'll be a great downgrade target or a cash cow. So uh, Trengrove was mine. Last time he played over 20 games, I think it was 2013. So that is the real alarming stat there. But anyone want to add anything on Trengrove? Oh, I just know I'm not touching it. Probably 
Um, yeah, even if he was sort of tearing up JLT, to be honest. Why? Injury concerns? Yeah, if he tears up JLT, that changes things. Yeah, well, I, I guess, like, for me, like, I'm that concerned about his, his body and his injury. I don't want to bring him in just to just for him to play four games and maybe only rise one or two times in, in price, and then I've got to offload him again. Uh, that's what I'm particularly worried about. And I think Ports, their midfield, and you know, I know we all said uh, Don Barry as well, but their midfield is just batting so deep at the moment. Gee, there's only there's got to be limited spots uh, in and around that team as well. So I'm not at all confident um, by any sort of young players' job security down at Port as well. Trango would play more halfback though, wouldn't he? I think no, he'd get a role there where they're not so deep. Yeah. He's good. I guess, and it's he's it's not like you're paying three hundred for like for Yeah, Yeah, his ball using ability was never his fault. It was just the ability to stay on the park. He's always been a lovely ball user. He didn't rack up a lot of possessions, and you know from the get go was able to average seventy, and it was just because he's really good disposal efficiency. Mm. He's one hundred and eighty five centimeters too, so he can take a match up with his size. Yeah, they've got a lot of XRDs players, not that it even matters, but they've got Trengrove, uh, Tumpus, uh, Jack Watts, uh, Don Barry, uh, they've got a fair few XDs players just floating around there as well, don't they? It's all a little bit conspiracy theories. Yes. Yes. The Melton Tower. That might... What was that, boss? I said it might stick, who knows, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Your mid-pricer, boys. Uh, Brett, I will start with you again. Um, I don't like all the mid-prices that Port Adelaide have, but I think one that has somewhat of a chance to be valuable and be um, you know, do something for our team is Travis Boak. The guy is probably two or three years off being a legitimate gun midfielder in the competition. Um, his problem is, of course, going to be, as we've said a few times, midfield time. There's talk he's not even in their best 22, which I think is ridiculous. I reckon he's a gun. Only averaged 85 last year, but I think it was as recent as two years ago. was up around the 100 mark. Midford swing, has the ugly buy. Um, plays most games every year, but I think he's going to have serious problems getting uh, bulk midfield minutes, and I think that's going to hurt his output. But if any of the Port players are going to break out from that mid-price sort of price, I think, yeah, I think Boke's got the best chance. Bons? Mm, for me, it's Amy Shartlett. Um, 420k defender option. We just know that he's going to be playing off the halfback flank and, uh, look, last two years haven't been brilliant for him with 77 and 76 uh, Supercoach averages, but the three years before that, he was 197 and 89, which are, which are three solid uh, averages, I would have thought. So um, it just depends on, I guess... How they're going to use him? They are going to use him, I think, on a half back, and I think the the latest two averages of seventy seven and seventy six are probably more reflective of what he's going to do. So, um, in no way am I condoning this, but Hamish Harlett would be the pick of the bunch for me for Port Adelaide. Uh, mine's Riley Bonner, two hundred and fifty seven k. So he almost snuck into my rookie contention. Uh, he's played three games, been on the on the books for the last three years. He was uh, pick thirty seven back in the two thousand and fifteen national draft. Coming into, he's going to be 21 this year, 191 centimetres, loves an intercept mark, and he's a great ball user. So he's got a career average of 77 off his three games, and I think he will get a serious increase minutes this season. Um, and I'm really bullish on Riley Bonner. I mean, I'd love to see him in the JLT. If he is playing that um, kind of floating intercept role, he could almost be one of those ones that's seriously worth a risk at that price if we don't get a lot of uh, value down back. So Riley Bonner is one that I've penciled in and I'm keeping a huge eye on for the JLT series. Yeah, I love that one, uh, actually, Corey. I had a look at him last year. 
um, at the start of last year. I think he he was might have been top of my head. He was mid about two hundreds again, yeah, but I was looking at him as that kind of player. Um, and yeah, but like he just couldn't break the team. My my worry with that is they've uh, brought over McKenzie um, from Gold Coast as well, and geez, that's just another person that goes in front of Bonner. Um, sort of for that halfback role. That's that's my main concern there. Trey's he's getting games. Peter Hartlett, yeah, there's a few, but yeah. he's good enough. Yeah, but if he's getting games, uh, I'll yeah, I'll certainly see him some somewhere in the seventies in terms of average. May even be one of those handy ones if you can slot in later down the track, and we can use him as a downgrade option. Um, and your primos, boys, Bretta, start with you. Um, this primo is in my side at the moment, and I doubt uh, he'll be getting moved. Um, Paddy Ryder, uh, big ruck. Big monster doesn't have the Ford eligibility last year. Um, I seem to recall late last year I picked Paddy Ryder. And was <laughs> about the worst pick in football. He's not even a top fifteen ruckman or something along those lines. But for, top fifteen Ford. No, top, top fifteen Ford. I think he went after that. He went one thirty, one thirty, one thirty, one thirty, ninety six, one thirty, or something like that in the back end of the year. Um, the guy's a gun, and the reason I'm picking Paddy Ryder is of all the top. Uh, Tia Ruckman, I think he has the best job security. I think he'll be the most consistent, and I think he has the most upside. So even at his um, his price, I think there's nobody who's going to come in and take Ruckman. It's off of him. Um, the worry was Loby. Loby is gone. He's a Carlton now, I think, like that. So, again, I doubt he's going to exactly be a threat to Matty Cruiser over in Carlton. But, again, that's just another body that Cruiser's got to deal with. Might get some minutes. Riders one out for the year. He will average about 100, 105, and I am absolutely happy with that. just want to touch on this rider pick for a second. Riders mine as well. Bombs before we jump to yours. Does it worry that... We've, we have a look at Paddy Ryder. These are his trends. 2015 averaged 105. 2013, 90. 2014, 101. 2015, 85. 2017, 103. Scared history will repeat itself, Brett? No, simply because the role he's playing is safe and it's the same now where he has been in the past when he's playing for Essendon, chopping and changing, half back, half forward, floating in the ruck, all that sort of stuff. Now it's there's no debate about where he plays or the minutes he plays. He plays bold games in the ruck and he will have all the time around the ground to do whatever he needs. He will have no problem this year. I think the inclusion of Tommy Rockliffe is a huge impact for Paddy Ryder as well. The other thing that kind of scares me is that since 2012, he's only played over 20 games twice um, and never played the full 22, so worries me a little bit. Bumper? Um, and, I, and I think just the thing with Paddy Ryder as well, they've got that round-out round boy, and um, without a rookie Ruckman, you are going to be running a donut in round eight. That's probably worthy to sort of mention as well. Um <laughs> I so badly, you guys have no idea how much I want to talk about Tom Rockliffe right now. Like, absolutely no idea. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I've gotten rid of him so I can upgrade Nick Nat. That, that's what's happened uh, to my team. Tom Rockliffe was the only one I can move. But he is someone I am is just so bullish about immediately into the um, leadership group as well. I think he's I think he's just going big. I think he's going big. Um, and I just I don't care if people knock it um, because I... I can see myself starting the year with Tom Rockliffe, honestly. Um, but I'll have to say that my pick is also um, Paddy Ryder as well, just because I think that he can truly be uh, probably the number two average in Ruckman behind uh, Max Gorn. Yep. Interesting stat. I, yeah, the Ryder factor, Paddy Ryder scared, scared, yeah, scares me. Very awkwardly priced. Um, do you have him ahead of Cruiser? Yeah. Why? 
I just think he's going to average more. I think what we saw from Cruiser last year is much more of an uh, outlier, or as you would say, outlier uh, year outlier. than uh, <laughs> than, uh, than I think what we've seen from Ryder because Ryder's averaged 101 before. Um, Cruiser's never done what he did last year, and the sheer factor in the stats that whoever has been the number one ruckman has been pretty much unable to back it up again and do it the following year since Dean Cox back in the early 2000s as well has me a little bit timid to pick the number one ruckman. Interesting, interesting factor. Um, let's go uh, outlandish statement on the Port Adelaide Football Club, Brenner. Uh, Tom Rockliffe will be in the top three most selected players in 2000. In the league, in the league, all positions. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the second 2019 prediction he's done in the Outlandish. That's based season. on what he's going to do this season. It's based <laughs> on what he's going to do this season. Uh, Tom Rockliffe he'll be, and he'll be Brown. a forward too. Tom Rockliffe will win the Brownlow medal. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 he's gone. He's just going to go nuts. Like I can just see it happening. Uh, this is going to go one of two ways, Brett. It's either going to shit itself and he's going to fail in the ass, and we're going to absolutely go ham on Bomb for all year. He probably won't pick him, and then they'll be like, yeah, well, I didn't pick him. Or <laughs> Rocky's going to absolutely explode and then come to halfway through the season. He's like, People should listen to me. This is why you listen to the Bonfire Chris. And we're going to get that real ego, that Bonfire ego, absolutely freaking on display. Um, He's not going to pick him, though. He hasn't got the balls to pick him, so we're safe. Yeah. We can just pull that. You pick him, can you I just pick say, him. So. Can I just say, the one thing I am deeply considering is Dustin Martin down to Tom Rockley to free up okay. 130,000. I'm just going to leave it there. We. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I didn't yeah. really... Uh, you heard it here first, Tom Rockliffe over uh, Dustin Martin. Port Missy 8. Oof. Yeah. That'll be an interesting uh, position for Ken Inkley to be in, wouldn't yeah, it? Picking yeah, picking up so all those players um, and missing the 8. So I'm not too sure how confident I am on that. but <laughs> They run so deep. That's that's the point of outlandish statements. You're not no. meant to be all that confident on them, are you? You boy, oh, Ready to see if there's any questions, actually. Um, there was none for Twitter. Let's check Facebook. You'd think I'd probably have this ready by now, you know. We've only well, been, you th- really doing this you think three a, times a yeah. week. So, yeah. um, we'll jump to your... Real, real professional. Yeah. We'll jump to your Richmond rookies, boys, and then we'll, we'll jump back to... Two questions at the end. Yeah, yeah cool. that's it. Uh, Bonfar, we'll start with you this time. Your um, yeah, my Richmond rookie, uh, it's pretty much everyone. I don't think I've actually seen a team, to be honest. It'll be interesting to see what the uh, own percentages numbers are of this uh, little Higgins fella, the bloke that slipped down the the, the draft, didn't he? Um, yeah, Missy. Good old Missy Higgins. I'll, don't get me started on Missy Higgins. I might pull out another solo. No, I'll see you. We do need to bring that up. <laughs> quite, I don't think we've ever copped more abuse from a podcast. <laughs> oh, I've been loving all people's statements about Bomfer singing all week. It's just... Yeah, it's uh, pretty funny. Some people call it worse than Capital Punishment. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they just clearly don't have good taste in uh, music, do they? Um so, yeah, it is Jack Higgins. Now, this bloke here, he averaged just absolute beast numbers. And correct me if I'm wrong, but was he not the highest averaging sort of like super or super coach uh, player in the under 18s or whatever the he competition was? Yeah, not according uh, to last year? That was Cam Rayner. Oh, was it Rayner? Uh, yeah, yeah. Nah, no, it was Higgins. But if we're going off nah. red stats. 
touches a game, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and look, uh, in the under-18 championships there, he averaged 27 touches uh, a game in those across those four games as well, which is really good. What I liked, though, was 74% uh, disposal efficiency, which was good, and half his possessions were contested. Um, he just seems like a stats man as well, doesn't he? Because he averaged six marks in that and five clearances and also six tackles and a goal and a half. So he was he's really ticking boxes across all stats um, in the in the under eighteen championships. Now I know that's only off four games, but I mean, gee, that's super impressive. And I, what did he slide to pick eighteen or whatever it was? Um, Absolute word. steal. Absolute steal. Yeah. That's what he slid yeah. to. And he is going to be the bargain of the draft, uh, won't he? When we when we look at this uh, in years to come as well. But I mean, even at one hundred and thirty thousand, that is just insane. Forward mid eligibility. Just put him in there and lock him in. Toby Green esque. This kid. This is mm. exactly, it reminds me identical of when Toby Green was younger. And, like, you know, the way the way they were talking about him. Um, and even the way he plays. I mean, you if you watched a lot of um, the the championships last year, you would have seen, you know, he was referred to Toby Green just over and over again. Um, he slotted an absolutely amazing goal on the boundary. He's just, he's going to be a freak. And Richmond, you know, they've just won the flag and they've gotten an absolute steal in... In Higgins, uh, Bretta. Yeah, Higgins, obvious pick. Yeah, and don't really need to say much more. Yeah, well, he was um, he was pick seventeen, not pick eighteen. I'll just correct myself um, as well. And he was second, uh, ranked second across the whole competition last year, like in the under eighteen and TACs for actually score involvements as well, which is a huge stat in Supercoach, as we know. Yeah, well, I think Dusty finished as number one last season in score involvements, so that's uh, that's kind of the you know to give people a rough idea of the wavelength you're sitting on. Now, I knew you boys were going to go Higgins and keep it boring, so I thought I'd keep it a little bit more exciting. Mine is Corey Ellis. Uh, <laughs> for the fifth oh, year in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I actually love this kid. Like, actually such a good, like, he's just got it. And I think Richmond are going to look for a little bit more pace out on that wing. Um, and he's, I think Coriolis is going to get his shit together and produce a pretty good season for the Tigers. So I think he can average, you know, anywhere between 70 to 80, either playing off a halfback or a wing too. So Coriolis is one I'm really, really bullish on. Don't have him in my team. Don't have the balls to pay that kind of money at the moment. So he's one like Riley Bonner that I'll be watching very closely in the JLT. But yeah. if I must say, I don't think I can own both on that on that scale. Bonner well. and Alice or Higgins yeah, and Alice? Nah, Bonner and Alice. If it got no, down, that's just yeah, shredding yeah, your team. That's too much money to put into the kids. I and you know because I've got Rainer as an absolute lock. So yeah, don't in saying when I'm when I'm giving these high price kind of you know rookies or mid price options, don't go you know sacrificing a, a primo into doing this as well. I mean, just you know. For podcast purposes, putting a little bit of spice to it. Uh, you mid prices, boys. Yeah. Uh, mine's Dion Prestia. Um, the guy has yeah. all the potential in the world to be an A grade to A plus midfielder. He's heavily discounted. Um, had a bit of a rough scoring year last year, but finally got his legs back under him. Played almost a full season, 19 games for the 82 average. This is a guy who's had three three years in a row at his best footy from his third year to his fifth year, 97.5, 106, and 101. So he's got a bit of a track record. Again, yeah, at Gold Coast, I know, but he is getting those midfield minutes now, and I think that the Tigers are taking him seriously as a legitimate number two midfielder, number three midfielder behind uh, Martin and Cochin. Um, 
if anyone in that mould has potential to average over 100 at that bargain price, I think it's Prestia. The only thing I will say is Coniglio is very similarly priced and I think is a much better option at that price. I think I think Dion Prestia is in way too many teams. I hate seeing I hate seeing people pick Prestia in their teams. He's playing a completely different role at Richmond to, compared to what he, that free-flowing role he had at Gold Coast. Um, it's kind of, not a tagger, but it's similar to that Coniglio kind of go to your opponent, beat your opponent to the ball, and I don't think he's got as much talent in that department as well. So I'm... He only, in his last seven games, he only dropped under 23 disposals once. So he's still getting plenty under of the ball. He's still doing the right things. midfield, under though, 20... I don't have him as a defender or a forward. I know, yeah, no, I know, but at 23 disposals a game, like, the thing is, his legs are back, and he does have a track record. I'm not advocating that people I, go and, and start that, picking him I'm up. I'm not having to go at you yeah. that. I'm just saying, I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to get my point across to the community that if you pick and press there, I think you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, yeah. fair call. Like, yeah, Canigliaro are easily like, ahead of him. But for value purposes, yeah. Bumps, don't you have press for them. Look, mate, can I just say, it is so good sitting on the sidelines because I'm <laughs> the one that's usually going up against Breda. And, Corey, mate, you've got a, you've just got a, the A1 position just sitting here on the sidelines. Oh, that was funny. That was funny. Yeah, I can't wait good. to replay that. I can't, and no, I don't have Christy here, you flog. Um, uh, the place, uh, I am having a, a good look at uh, from Richmond is none other than Jack Graham, the bloke that kicked three goals in the grand final. Um, he scores last year. Well, I mean, they didn't set the world on fire, did they? But... 87, 76, 73, 62, and 108 were half decent for a bloke that's priced at 258,000. And uh, we kind of can't see him uh, not being in that round one team, uh, can we? He won the uh, Lark medal, um, which is, you know, the best the best medal for the under-18 championships back in 2016 as well. Um, and he's, he, like Jack Graham, uh, not Jack Graham, uh, who was the bloke we are just talking about in Jack the forward Higgins. line? Uh, Higgins? Higgins. Yeah, Higgins. Um, like Higgins, he was a draft slider. Um, and maybe Richmond are just getting lucky. You know, they picked up Graham as a draft. They didn't get him until pick 53, and this was the bloke that won, like, the whatever, you know, like medal. What's that? The Brownlow medal, isn't it, for, like, the under-18s, isn't it? Um, so it's absolutely amazing. Uh, what I really like about him, though, is the amount of tackles he lays uh, per game as well, which is just just insane. Like, his tackle account last year was 11, 7, 9, 5, and 3 uh, in all of his games. Um, so yeah, I'm big on Jack Graham because I see him starting round one at 258k. I think he can push a, you know, 70 to 80 average uh, throughout the year. He had a sick grand final too. He was so good. Yeah, he did. But and and you know what the thing is as well. I think there's a lot of uh, room for improvement. If I go th- look, I'll read out his possession count uh, from all the games he played last year, including finals: 13, 18, 9, 14, and 16. They're incredibly low numbers. Um, but he only had one score underneath 73 in that. And there was one ton there. Like, if he's bumping those, you know, 16 possession games up to, like, 22 or something like that, uh, you know, he's going, you know, 90 to 100 in those games, isn't he? I really like the pick of Jack Graham this year. You can do that, too. I, I, I agree with you there. This kid's got a lot of ability. Um, but I took the cheat route out, Bombs. I've done what you've done. My mid-pricer is Brennan Ellis at 502k. Um, I am massive. Yeah, I'm massive. Like right now, he's the back end of last season. I think he went on to average. If if we look at the numbers of this, he would have been like the third or fourth highest defender. Um, you know, from round five onwards, we've got him back in the defence again this year. He's coming. The bloke's only you know 24, turning 25 this year. I'm massive 
on uh, Brendan Allison. His ability to use the ball, get free, you know, score really highly. Like, look at these scores. 2014, 96.9 average. 2015, 100. 2016 was back down to 85. 2017, 91.4. And he had a really, really slow start last year. So the blokes played 22 games every year since 2014. I think he holds the third longest streak for games played uh, at the moment. Currently, not a full time, but currently. Um, and throughout his career, he's only missed three games. So, Brendan Ellis, I want a player that I can slot in every week and comfortably think that I'm going to get a great return out of it. He's currently sitting in my team right now. I cannot knock the bloke, and I think they're just going to, his midfield minutes are going to go up, and they're just going to keep giving him the ball to kick it because he is an elite kick, elite by foot, and yeah, have huge wraps on Brendan Ellis. I think we're spoiled to have him in defence this year. Um, and I think he's a steal. Yeah, I picked him in 2015, in the second half of the year, where he averaged like 101, I think, 100, 101. Yeah. Was he a midfielder before. only? Yeah, midfielder only, and I still picked him. Is the first time since, like, when he was younger that he's gone back to a defender? Uh, I think so. He sat on the wing for three years, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So that's massive. But yeah, in a, in a year when, on a preseason, where everyone's dropping like flies, plays, yo yo's, you know, a little bit uneasy. Heaney, then the other end, Billings, Hamstring. We just keep seeing guys just keep picking up knock, knock, knock. It's like soft tissue injury or had surgery, getting back into the main group. Brandon Ellis is just going to play 22 games. Like that, I think that's the biggest factor for picking Brandon Ellis. And I think I think that's worth 5, 10 points just in itself, knowing that he's going to play every game. I just can't believe he's a defender. That's that's my biggest thing. Like when Supercoach opened, that was one of the first ones I've seen. And... Like, even since then, I'm like, this is just a steal. I think... Oh, how about this? You have, to, you have to run one right now. Alice or Hibbard? Hibbard. Money included. Hibbard. You run Hibbard still? Hibbard. You pay the extra? 100%. Okay. 100%. I think Laird and Hibbard are the two non-negotiables down there. Oh. Alice is one that, you know, I, I could see myself starting without him, but right now... You'd rather not. Yeah, he's just set in stone. Bob, you're awfully quiet in this podcast. Yeah, what is that all about? Mate, I'm just, I'm letting you take, I'm letting you take the floor because I enjoyed it before when you had a little go at Bretta and um, (laughs) I just wanted to hopefully, well, I wasn't expecting Bretta to be so positive on Brandon Ellis, I'll be honest with you, Um, because I was, I was going to wait for Bretta to just go absolutely ballistic, then I was going to come up and back you up for me and uh, maybe go the one-two uppercut and just knock. Big sniper bombs, you know, King hit from behind, loves it. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, if I could could take you out from behind, why would I face your front on Bretta, you know what I mean? (laughs) Anyways, uh, <laughs> no, but I, I absolutely love Brandon Ellis as well, man. Like the bloke just racks up possessions just for fun, doesn't he? Like he just loves a little chip to the side, loves all that. I, I disagree a little bit in terms of the way he uses the ball because this is someone that I watch pretty closely, Brandon Ellis. Um, and I, I, I have to say that his ball use by foot isn't brilliant. Uh, but look, if he's touching the ball that many times a game, um, you're going to be able to forgive that sort of stuff as well. He's got a really good uh, kick to handball ratio as well. He kicks a lot more than he handballs. And uh, his possessions to marks as well is is actually uh, fairly good too. So takes a lot of marks, uh, uses the ball, and his rebounds uh, from 50s um, were actually relatively good last year as well, though up on the year before as well, and just slightly above the average for a, for a defender, um, according to Champion Data too. So I'm all in on Brandon Nellis as well. I'm having a tough time of picking between him and Cade Simpson because they're very similarly similarly priced. Uh, they both play 22 games, and I and I that that's where I'm struggling in my team to pick one of the two there. I was actually shocked when I was going through Brendan Ellis' stats and seeing how many to- like how much he touches the ball. Like I couldn't believe it. Did you? Oh, no, no, it's huge numbers. Yeah, yeah. 
A lot of it's uncontested. That's the problem. And look, you know what? It can be uncontested. But if he's, you know what? If he rebounds from 50, as long as his team is retaining possession, he's just going to keep churning up points uh, slowly, slowly. He might not get those big boosts in numbers from getting contested and all that sort of stuff. But if he's starting uh, the ball from the halfback flank, getting involved in score involvements, all the rest, pushing up to the wing, putting the ball inside 50 and increasing those sort of stats, then it makes up for all the um, points he's losing through the contested possessions as well. So, um, Look, like Corey, I'm, I'm very bullish on Brandon Ellis, and I, I don't see a situation where he he uh, misses my team for the entire year. He'll be in there at some stage. Yeah. All right, beautiful. Yeah. Let's move on to our outlandish statements. Bretta? Richmond? Oh, uh, Jack Higgins will not play more than three games this year. <laughs> Dustin Martin to not be in the top eight averaging midfielders. Um, Jackie Higgins to win no rising star oh we got on the opposite on that yeah, yeah. I think he plays you know, you know what we didn't do Corey this has been real professional this podcast but we didn't do the um the our locks the uh the primos we didn't run through primos oh yeah sorry because I started talking oh, about Dusty Picks himself yeah, um, yeah. Dusty uh, Picks himself kind of primos that was that yeah. was really <laughs> unprofessional of me uh, Brett will start with you yeah Dustin Martin <laughs> let's just move on Pretend yeah. it never happened. Bombs. Well, now it kind of contradicts my big statement, doesn't it? But I'm going to have to say Dustin Martin because there's no one else available. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to say Dustin Martin. I'm going to say Brandon Ellis because I, I really do see him being uh, in my defence at some stage this year. Yeah, mine's Dustin Martin. And I'm really, I don't have him in my team right now, but he's one that that will be in there at some stage this year, I reckon. Um, the only reason I don't have him is because I can't fit him alongside Dangerfield and Titch. Do we rank... If we're going on those three, do we rank Dustin? I mean, all right, not you, Bonds, but do you rank your Dangerfield, Titch, Dusty, still Brett? Yeah, one, two, three, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Consistency of Titch is just extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I was going through Dusty's yeah. numbers before. Do you know he was, I think he was number one on turnovers last year? Dustin yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. But also number one on score involvement, so... Yeah. He gets it, what, 35 times a game, and then he's going to take the risk pretty much every time he touches the ball because he's so devastating. You'd expect turnovers. All right, let's go to some questions. We'll start on Twitter. Um, is Jack Graham worth a look in the midfield extensive, but good yes. job security? Uh, stepping stone to a premium? Just I'll a say no. yes. It's Daryl, Velvet, Mango, Fly. He's a Richmond supporter too, I think. Um, yeah, I don't mind it if he's playing. Uh, human Meatball, at Human Meatball 3. <laughs> Richmond with Kane Lambert averaging over 90 in the second part of last year, including good final scores. Is he a viable pot up forward? Uh, human Meatball feels he is. Bonfa. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Um, is, he a vo- is he a pod? He's certainly going to be a pod. Is he someone who could potentially be in the top six forwards? Yeah, potentially, because he plays a lot more midfield than he has been playing half forward. And I'll tell you something sneaky about this bloke is he uh, he just kicks a lot of goals as well, doesn't he? And he tends to do it in the first quarter, I think, as well. He's an awesome first goal scorer. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, Mm, I mean... It's like 14 bucks every time. Yeah. but yeah, look. So the short answer is, you know, could he be a top six forward? Well, I think yes. Uh, I don't think he can be. I just don't think he offers enough. I think he spends too much time down forward, and I don't think he's going to get enough of the ball for me to keep that in mind. I don't really like the pick. 
I understand, Do you think he can... I understand the theory, I think, but I, I, I think he's a better footballer than a super coacher. Same. Do you think he can really average valuable football? 25 and 100? Between, no. no, I don't. Okay. I think his ceiling's 90s, very low 90s. Yeah. I think, But I think like he's such a good player that it just doesn't translate to super coach points. What well, he does, if that makes sense. Up, but yeah, I'm the same. Might be a little bit of biased in that. Hmm. Hmm. Anyways. Hmm. Well, I mean, maybe just champion data don't give him a little bit any sort of love at all, you know? Good footballer, but not a good super coach. Or if you're good footballer, you score good super coach points, don't you? Not necessarily. Well, champion data have, have all the power there, don't they? That's, that's I guess, what I'm trying to hint at. Okay. Well, be careful, Bonson. <laughs> all the your mates. Jump across to our Facebook questions. Uh, this is back to the Port Adelaide. Why does nobody want Robbie Gray? Surely he's a top six forward. This is Nelson Moody. He's got a lot of questions, so we'll fire that one away first. Robbie Gray, boys. Midfield too deep. Bumps. Yeah, don't see him playing in the midfield, man. Like, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, um, if he's going to stay in that forward pocket, what I want to stay away from are those scores that he can have of 30 and 40. Um, yeah, that, that's the only reason why. You tell me he plays 60% in the midfield, and there's no way I'm not running without him. Um... Yeah, I'm the same. I can't... I think... And this is the exact same thing. He's an elite footballer. He is an elite footballer. But especially with their midfield options that they've just brought in, I think him and even Chatty Wingard, they're going to spend a lot of time on the half-forward flank, forward pocket, because they're going to want goals. And these are the two who are going to get your goals. And I think Robbie Gray is, yeah, an elite footballer. He's one of my favourite footballers. He'll have games where he kicks bags of six and seven. But he'll have... You know, and scores you 130, but he'll have games where he's scoring 40 and barely seeing the ball. So they got so many good midfielders that they just have the luxury of being able to just leave if, Wingard and Gray in the forward line. If Robbie Gray, if his midfield split is 70-30, you pick um, him. when the season, like well, I'm four weeks into the season, he's my first upgrade target. Yeah. But if it's the other way around, if he's just camping in that forward pocket and just slotting the you know, bags of four and five. You got to remember, AFL. What what the clubs are thinking and what Supercoach is are two different things. And if, in Ken Hinckley's mind, he's got, you know, Robbie Gray's going to kick me sixty goals this year. They're not going to experiment with Robbie Gray in the midfield. They're going to let Robbie. Gray I think that the reason the bottom line is he's more likely to average eighty than he is to average one ten, and that's the problem. Yep, agree. Mm. Yep. Uh, why oh, can you see Wingard becoming the number one forward if he keeps his midfield time? This is still from Nelson again. What, if he keeps day, yes. midfield time, yes. I he think give it a couple of years, he'll be one of our first picked every year in the forward line. I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. No, neither do I. He's a gun. He's so good, man. He's yeah, but he's always going to be... He's always going to play a lot more forward time than he is in the midfield. He's never going to no, move to the midfield because he's, he's that good in that He's a downhill skier as well. Chad I reckon. I reckon he's. I reckon he's one who could do midfield. I th- honestly Watch. think. Like you look at the other guys, they're stronger. They like your Mark Lacrasse. Yeah, yeah. Who else is like those kind of like your Surioli? They're all like real explosively paced. Where Wingard's like a smooth mover. He can jump real well, but he's just he's more class. Sort of like how Michael Walters did it last year. I reckon. I reckon Wingard can easily play bog midfield minutes when when your Eberts and your Rockliffs get a bit older. But it's, I think it's a couple of years off. I think he's going to improve his game, to be honest, Wingard. Because like, like I just said, he's a front runner. When Porter up and about, mate, you'll watch him. He'll sprint. He'll run the whole ground. And he'll kick an amazing goal. But when they're behind, 
he just he gives up way too easy for me. That's yeah, Port in general though. For yeah, the last couple of years, just fix that up and he can be truly elite. But I think I don't think I don't think this year we're going to see him in the top six forwards because I think there's going to no. be too much forward time as well with Robbie Gray. Um, and last but not least, why are people starting Sam Haynes 170k when nobody is starting a ruck in the forwards this year? Is this the biggest waste of 15k you've ever seen? Uh, yeah, I don't know why. He was meant to be the best ruckman in the in the whole pool last year. He went in the pick fifties or something from the top of my head, and um, he's not gonna he's not he's not gonna get a game. Is it a joke? They're gonna play him in front of like Westhoff and Dixon and Ryder. I didn't even notice get, the teams had him to be completely. Get honest, real? So. Yeah, yeah ne- neither have I. So it might just be his group of friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't stress too much about that. Uh, some Tiger time questions. Hang on. Whoops, I accidentally just got out of that. Let me get back into it. Running. Shit. Nah, real professional. So, Let's hope on Thursday we're more professional. I'll have everything set up a little bit better for then. <laughs> uh, that'll be that'll be a fact. That'll definitely yeah. be a fact. Um, I think that was it. I know. I Brandon Ellis worth a look at a big pod this year. I don't even think he's a pod. I think he's an absolute lock. No, I think he is a pod. I think he's a pod to start with, and I think by the end of the year a lot of teams are going to run him. So if you want him oh, as a pod, yeah. Bit, well, sorry. It's yeah. Obviously kind of counts as a pod because what's his ownership right now does anyone know uh mate no, not idea. It'd be, I reckon it'd be under 5% um I think he's yeah, a it'll be low. Pod, and I think you should definitely be having a look at him I think I just threw myself off with my lack of preparation for Facebook questions then <laughs> um anyone else have anything to add for this podcast no except we will be back and better prepared yeah I've been in shambles so apologies for that but on behalf of me and the boys peace out community and thanks for listening